2: And welcome to the AEW Rampage preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of This Is Rampage, baby. Uh, but before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on either iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts where we not only review AEW Rampage but also AEW Dynamite, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, two but oh, pay-per-views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week. completed. With a really good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, though, joined by Michael Sidreak. Look ahead to. Hey, I
1: just met you. This is
2: crazy, but here's my number. baby. baby. (laughs) Do you think we're ever going to get sued for that by Carly Ray Jepson? She's got banter, then she wouldn't sue. She's right. We'll put her her over quite often. Exactly. If she's got a podcast, go and listen to
3: that as well. Go listen to Runaway with Me. Oh. Very good. Oh, my God. Anyway, Rampage tonight. Teenage Longin and i oh My yeah, what a song. What an absolute
2: song. And now, as always, you and I do not look at spoilers for AW Rampage before this. Nope. But I think this is the only spoiler I've seen, and it's not a spoiler, everyone. You don't have to skip forward or anything. The only spoiler I've seen, I think, is a spoiler we could have guessed, and that is, surprise, surprise, Eddie, K- Eddie Kingston versus... Kanosuke Takeshita, thank you, is an absolute banger by all counts.
3: Yeah, absolutely. It's one of those where it's obviously going to be great, but I'm very interested in how specifically it's going to be great because what we've seen of uh, Takeshita in AEW thus far is that he's been programmed or paired with guys who can like really sort of move in there. and The match with Hangman Page was this explosive battle between two just incredibly propulsive athletes who've kind of got no right to be as gifted in the air as they are and who can just use their acceleration to just launch into these incredible strikes and just smash each other at the canvas. And then he worked a rampage, this is rampage baby <laughs> match against Jay Lethal. And Jay Lethal's not quite as athletically gifted and dazzling as Hangman Page, but he's genuinely a sort of a hybrid kickpad guy. Mm-hmm. Eddie Kingston isn't that. Um, so he's not going to be able to keep up with what we've become accustomed to being the Takeshita match but it's going to be very different um as a result so I'm just very curious as to the tone and the style this match has worked in um if Eddie Kingston takes an absolute beating like power bomb upon power power bomb um, taking that incredible sort of um like that slingshot crossbody that Takeshita has. Like, how's he going to fight back? How's he going to sell it? The answer is, of course, brilliantly mm. because he's Eddie goddamn Kingston. I feel like he's going to be physically outmatched early. He's going to sell just the explosive onslaught of Takeshita extremely well. He's definitely going to poke him in the eye. Almost <laughs> all but guaranteed to poke him in the eye. He's like, well, you can just destroy me and accelerate into me with your knees and all the rest of it i'll just poke you in the eye and then i'll just chop you and i'll fight from underneath and yeah i expect this to have a completely different flavor to the takes matches we've seen thus far and probably probably be a little bit richer yeah. as a result my god and eddie kingston's so good with his face so <laughs> great with his goddamn face he's got the best facial expressions in all of professional wrestling mm. for me um, even on just graphics I know. He addresses his enemies. <laughs> Follow me at M Sidgwick, right? Because I've got a tweet that I'm cynically dropping in the early afternoon to capture the window where the Ameri- where the Yanks and the Brits are awake at the same time. <laughs> yeah. Obviously every Brit has got to drop that you can't drop it at like eight AM because oh. all the Yanks are asleep. You're not going to get enough numbers doing oh, that. Exactly. So about two PM UK time. Half 1, 2 p.m. UK time. I'm going to press send, and I'm going to convey the brilliance that is Eddie Kingston in tweet form. But yeah, his face should sell this as well, like looking kind of knackered. You might even do the Dustin Rhodes bit where he's like, Jesus Christ, come on. (laughs) Yeah, You're way younger and faster and more mobile and dynamic than I am. So just hold on a second, poke him in the eye, and stop just fighting him. Like a fight and a state-of-the-art wrestling match all at the same time. Kingston will get the win. Yeah probably cut a promo um, at the expense of Chris Jericho after it. In fact, it'd be pretty weird if he doesn't, because um, in another thread, that's great, that I dropped it's yesterday. Sorry, it's a really good thread. It's a really good yesterday. thread. So basically, um, as you know, you've watched Dynamite. Um, They did not angle, and it was really poorly executed, in which TyCon, a again, another... Um, sort of tweak on the famous four horsemen angle where the broke Dusty's arm, breaks Ruby Soho's arm, and Eddie Kingston does nothing. He is booked to do nothing. And I know that there was a bit of a problem because it was pre-taped and Jericho was literally in the UK as... Um... So basically, what happened is they've shot the ankle. Mm-hmm. Ty Conley broke Ruby Soho's arm. Now, this is pre-tape because Chris Jericho is in the United Kingdom and he was in the United Kingdom as Dynamite happened. Now, unless um Eddie Kingston was traveling on Hulk Hogan Airways, there was no way he was able to actually go and confront Chris Jericho at the time. So basically, he didn't. And it just the implication was that he doesn't really cared that much about Soho because he wasn't urgently having this real concern about the plight of his closest friend mm. or one of them um, don't do the angle do not do the angle if Eddie Kingston mm. can't run out try to confront them before this sprint away in the car or sprint out on foot and he's desperately trying to make sure that is one of his closest friends is okay and um, demanding medical attention showing concern for what should be framed and depicted as this like really serious mm-hmm. injury. otherwise nothing means anything yeah if you go back in time er, to the <laughs> October 30, 2019 Dynamite, and I know I talked about this on the Dynamite review, but just permit me. I'm putting over my Twitter game here. Mm-hmm. It was so markedly different when Hager broke Dustin Rhodes' arm because Cody Rhodes went out to his very, very close friend and his brother and was so concerned about the injury over which you should be concerned if it's real and to be taken seriously that he didn't even get a Chris Jericho. He was just running a shot. Are you okay? Are you okay? This is really urgent. And Jim Ross was like, My God in heaven, I can't believe he's stooped to this. Um, which is so much better than. Great next, call. Yeah, great call. So much better than Excalibur and Taz screaming. Like, I take the piss out of Jim Ross constantly at this point. He's an active detriment to the product. But when he's dialed into a certain angle or program or wrestler or match, like, he's still at his best. Um, but unfortunately, AEW isn't for him. Regardless, it would be a crime. Booking. Malpractice if Eddie Kingston doesn't beat Takeshita and immediately grab a microphone and threaten Chris Jericho with his life for doing what he did um, or sort of manipulating the events Mm -hmm. so that Ty Conti could do what she did uh, to Ruby Soho. If I don't see a promo, and obviously I will because they're very good episodically, I'll be very miffed. And, you know, Eddie Kingston's so good on the mic that maybe they're relying on him. They probably thought, you know what? This is a decent angle. It's a bit of a plot hole to it, but it's fine. We'll give Eddie a mic on Friday. And, you know, all these Twitter threads like that that Geek Sitchhook's written will mean nothing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and and a yeah, breathless
2: Eddie Kingston, to use a phrase of yours, full of piss and vinegar post-match yeah. would be arguably better than in the immediate aftermath of this. But yeah, I agree with what better, but, you know, but, yeah.
3: a good consolation.
2: Man. Yeah, I'll take that. And just a quick word on Takeshita. I don't normally like doing this because I don't like wasting oxygen on these sorts of people. But uh, uh, to t- Takeshita is, well uh, yeah, I'm getting there, is uh, the perfect rebuttal to people going like, I don't know who this is. Like, well, I didn't know that what, who he was when they f- when he first showed up. You told me, Murray told me who I sh- why I should like him. But if you hadn't been there, and I'd just watched Dynamite anyway, I'd fall in love with this guy. Yeah, he's awesome. Brilliant. He's awesome. So uh, all this, well, if you don't, everyone's a stranger until you get to know him. But like, every wrestler is someone you don't, haven't heard of until you watch him, and yeah. then you... Like this, and also, for those people going, mm, mm, why is uh, why is Eddie Kingston fighting Takeshita? He wants to fight everyone.
3: It's Eddie to, Kingston. He wants that's to the fight They have fixtures because they're trying to emulate it as a sporting league. They should do that more often. In fact, there are like look at with the match There's a match. In fact, we're going to preview that could have simply been presented as a fixture. One guy is going to try and beat another guy to ascend up the rankings and earn um, a shot at a title. Right. If anything, they should do less angle build for their matches in this promotion. I've been advocating that for some time because the reason behind one of the matches we're about to preview is fairly putrid.
2: Yes. Um, let's talk first, though, about the Gates of Agony. Um being represented by Toa Lyona and Khan, I believe is how we're announcing them, against the Ring of Honor world champion Jonathan Gresham and Lee Moriarty, Tully Blanchard, obviously, in the Gates of Agnes Corner. It's their AEW debut. I was lucky enough to see them. They've been on
3: Dark, but but it doesn't really count, is it?
2: Um, It's uh, the first time a lot of people will have seen them. I was lucky enough to see them at a Supercard, and they just murdered some fools, basically. Um... More Ring of Honor, obviously bleeding into AEW. You got Death Before Dishonor coming up in a few weeks' time. I'm, I'm excited to see what they do here because, like you say, you got you got this dominant tag team. It's a tag team match that should be their speciality in the old, you know, old fashioned sort of way you do that. But you also got the Ring of Honor World Champion in this match.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think there'll be a win for the baby faces here. Mm-hmm. Um. And they'll sort of get away with it because basically the Gates of Agony are really sort of green muscle heads with explosive raw strength and this incredible look. But the idea, and it's not too dissimilar to Wardlow. Yeah. In early 2020, um, he was green um, because they're clever in this promotion. On Anderson, um, used on the road to, I believe, um, a euphemism, he's untested. Which is basically, you could probably get him because he's green, even though he's absolutely rock-solid and massive. <laughs> yeah. um, and I think it'll be a similar thing here on commentary where they'll style it as something kind of like obviously incredible physical um, specimens with a great deal of potential, hence why Tully Blanchard, putting over his acumen, has spotted this potential and wants to groom them into like really great wrestlers. Um, but unfortunately, the experience and the technical expertise mm-hmm. of Moriarty and Gresham have done them this once. And I think they'll set up... Um, Gresham and Moriarty, um, for the Mm -hmm. pay-per-view. I think that it's more of a ring of honor, quote-unquote, match than maybe Brian Cage coming back in from the cold, helping the heels to win, which is another result they could go Mm -hmm. with and have Cage uh, versus Gresham, which would actually be a pretty fun match. Not as, quote-unquote, an ROH as a match as Moriarty versus Gresham, because as we all know, ROH was the first sort of... Um, North American indie to really emphasize technical professional Mm -hmm. wrestling and it became like a really sort of um, fashionable thing Um, for much of the 21st century and WWE's refusal to no sell (laughs) it in turn kind of formed or allowed um, AEW to form. Uh, But Cage interfering because he's in um, enterprises. Could be a good match for Death Before Dishonor in that Gresham could get fight from underneath and sort of tie him in knots when he's latching on to a powerbomb counter like that. that, could all be very good, um, but I still think it'll go with the more traditional ROH direction. I don't know why it requires a tag team match. I don't know why it requires the exact same thing we're seeing with Thunderstorm right now. That in itself is a bit of a worrying indication that ROH is going to be booked in the exact same way as AEW, which, you know, any kind of monopoly or homogeneity in professional wrestling is bad, even if it's one person Mm. doing several promotions at once. Um, So that's a little bit of a bleak indicator that it's just not going to be its own thing, and it's always going to pale in comparison to AEW. Going off on some wild tangents here, but I guess what I'm trying to say more succinctly is that this match isn't really doing anything for me. ROH, the, the... the folding in of ROH into AEW programming is doing very little for me because it just feels like Wish AEW at this point. Yeah. It's booked in a very similar way. ROH was hardly this really hot taste-making cult promotion. It was a zombie promotion when it was taken over. Um, yes, the card itself, Death Before the it does look good. The build's fairly minimal. Mm. It's not remotely dissimilar to how they book things. It just feels like an AEW TV show with the various backstage stuff shuffled away. Yeah, the match should be pretty solid, though, I think. Um, you're going to see some good styles clash, but not a clash, if that makes
2: sense. Yeah, I, I I really have fallen in love with Jonathan Gresham the more and more I've seen him, because when you say technical wrestling, you know, people sometimes roll their eyes and think, oh, you know, it's just going to be really dull and boring. Uh, and the can that is watch almost any Zack Sabre Jr. match, yeah. because that was something that I was, you know, n- as a you know WWE fan growing up, you got to see elements of technical wrestling, but for the most part, it's all the boom, you know, the bombast and what have you of that. I don't know why, when you're talking about Gates of Agni versus Gresham, well, Moriarty and Gresham, but specifically Gresham, not really a comparison here, but it reminded me for some reason of Brock Lesnar's first ever UFC match, because I remember watching that. I remember watching that. Brock Lesnar comes in, and steam coming out of his ears, he's this monster. He's against Frank Meir, who is not like Jonathan Gresham. He's not like, you know, five foot nothing. He's a big lad as well. But you thought, oh, right, well, Lesnar's going to come in and just run through him. And for the most he part, did. he did. did eh? But Meir caught him, hooked him. Like, it's not, this doesn't have to be, Gresham's stolen one. He's just like, Moriarty can get bad left, right, and center. And Gresham, yeah, can use his skills to exploit the holes in the game that they've, they've got because they're n- newer and greener, like you say, and get an impressive victory against these two monsters. I think I prefer that to a Brian Cage involvement. But like you say, that's a possibility as well.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I remember that, um, the series with Miron Lesnar. like That is basically, I've never really gravitated towards UFC. I don't understand the technique involved in how to win or who's really good at it. So I just felt like it's a bit daunting to get into. I like it as a spectacle. I'm the actual mythical casual fan when it comes to UFC. Before he went off the rails and it was revealed that he was such a dickhead, I was into the Conor McGregor mm-hmm. matches, the big box office. Um, and because I was a wrestling fan, like Lesnar was the bridge. So I watched the two fights with Mia and... As great as they were as spectacles, because as he said, like, oh Lesnar's Les amazing at UFC, so, oh wait a minute, no, he isn't. And then the rematch, it was almost like booked, it was so perfect. Yeah. Can he, in the second match, just avoid getting out techniqued and just <laughs> kill, kill, kill? And he did, and the trash talk was uh what was it? What did he say? Let's hear you talk your shit now. Yes. And then he was talking about like um, He's
2: shouting through the cage and his mouthpiece falls out let's and see, he just you talk your
3: shit now and he just killed me. And he said something to the effect of um Was it Bud or Coors that he liked and didn't? He's going to drink a Coors Light. Because Bud Light didn't pay pay me enough, yeah. I might even get on top of my wife tonight.
2: Frank Mir had a horseshoe up his ass, and I ripped it out and beat him over the head with it. All right, that is, for me, just to go off on another tangent, the scariest moment I've ever seen in a UFC octagon. Not someone where, you know, when they do that horrific leg break, yeah, not yeah. someone getting their arm broken, not someone getting, like, Michael Bisping's horrific KO when he just falls backwards and your man's Dan Anderson's just jumping on top of him. It's when he knocks Mia down, and because it's Brock, he did this a little bit when he came back and fought Cena at Extreme Rules, because it's Brock, he knocks him down and just goes, well, oh, my body's a weapon, and just runs at him. Yeah. And I was like, what are you going to do? Like... Everything else you can normally tell, right, they're setting up for a punch or a kick or a, t- a takedown or whatever. It just goes, like, it's his football, American football brain just kicks in, and he just goes, just run at him. Yeah, It's the scariest thing I've ever seen. But yes, remembering it back, I think Gresham and Moriarty win to settle more stuff for uh, the, the pay, which is in a few weeks, isn't it? Thunderstorm. <laughs> Uh, sticking with Ring of Honor briefly, actually, let's have a quick word about Colt Cabana, because there was reports this week at Siege uh, about him potentially, uh, he's not going to be released, I was going to say released then, his contract was going to expire within AEW and he was going to be let go, and then apparently people have been, I was going to say in there, what am I doing today? They were talking backstage and saying, you've got to keep Colt Cabana around. It feels like Ring of Honor is the perfect fit for someone like him.
3: Yeah, absolutely. Like, everyone can infer from the story. And just to reiterate, I am inferring from the story. I do not know the facts. I have not received any insider intel or whatever. But I think everyone's reached the same conclusion by connecting dots of the relationship between Cabana and Punk is such that Coincidentally, maybe, <laughs> that when Punk arrived, Cabana was barely doing Trios matches. He wasn't on TV much, but he was in like backstage segments, then he completely vanished. Um, and the story that people are inferring is that because CM Punk is obviously more of an asset to AEW and there was a bit of um, tension, residual tension, uh, between Punk and Cabana that they thought it might just be easier if we just let his contract expire. But people stood up for him kind of interferes with the character that cm punk is trying to portray like he did in the mjf feud as like the sort of the rehabilitated bad yeah. guy who's made loads of mistakes and he's fallen back in love with wrestling and isn't it great that not only is punk back but he's loving being back he loves being back so much that he's acting out all the vhs tapes that he's sort of crammed because he just loves wrestling again and he's doing pretty hard spots and He's a nicer guy than MJF, and he was even so nice that he believed MJF when you know he kind of threatened to be more of a multi-dimensional person than he'd let sort of slip on TV, and he still like didn't really say I don't know, I don't like him, but keep him around. Did he say that? It didn't sound like it. So it kind of interferes with the the integrity of the the sort of the the that's what I'm looking for. Just the rehabilitated yeah. old man. <laughs> so it's all a bit. Uh,
2: but Ring of Honor, like, it's, it's arguably spiritual home for, for, for Colt Cabana. Yeah, that's where
3: he was doing most of his best stuff in the ring. He's um, really, really underrated. Obviously, he's played into the comedy persona, but he's, like, he's got such a great grasp of British style um, that he, he, f- he would fit right into a rebooted ROH just as seamlessly, on a technical in-ring level, just as seamlessly as he did the old ROH um in which he was a really underrated component. So, yeah, it all kind of makes sense. I don't want to, you know, just he'd like Basically, he'd be a great guy to beat and beat and beat. I don't want to, like, keep pissing yeah. on Cabana, who probably feels a little bit pissed on um, since September 2021. Um, but, yeah, he'd be the perfect guy. Like, the heart and soul of ROH, the, the veteran. Yeah. Who's so gifted and skilled as a worker. He could be the ROH Dustin Rhodes.
2: Yeah, that's a great shout. Yeah. Um, I'm a huge fan of Colt Cabana. I mean, we wouldn't be doing what we're doing right now. arguably, With that, the trail that he blazed for for everyone, of course. Um, and, yeah, I, I, it's not quite the same, but he could be sort of an Orange casty esque figure, i.e. I watched his match, uh, Supercard, the, the, it didn't open the show, but you know, it's the first match that we saw against Blake Christian, formerly of uh, NXT. I can't remember what bollocks name they gave him. He was the one that was going to be a superhero. Baxter? some Yeah, something like that. Um and it was really enjoyable because it was like, uh, Blake Christian's incredibly talented, but Colt Cabana, you can't hate him. He's just a lovely bloke. Yeah. And they were just sort of, you know, friendly, but also he is going to punch you in the face and, you know, try and beat you basically. And he, he beat Blake Christian in the end. But I agree, I think in terms of establishing people, you know, he could, in the, the Orange esque, as in he sort of lulls people into thinking, uh, it's Colt Cabana, he just goes, hey, boom, boom, Colt Cabana, uh, uh, all that. But in reality, incredibly skillful wrestler at the same time. He has the best pinning combination in wrestling, in my opinion. I love that yeah, Superman pin awesome. thing that he does. Um, but I think, yeah, obviously, like you say, if there are issues, and this is pure speculation on our behalf with with things in the locker room with him, it's you know very lucky coincidence, but he is someone who you can just go, right, out of AEW, you go, Um uh, you know, dark, they're not doing a lot with dark order, and it's not really like, anything needs to happen with that storyline anyway. But into Ring of Honor, you go, and, and I think, yeah, that comparison to him being at Dustin Rhodes is really, really good. Um, sticking with AEW now, uh, more evidence that these women's tag belts are coming <laughs> our way. Uh, Mercedes Martinez and uh, Serena Deeb in action tonight, and the way that reads, it's not against each other, obviously.
3: Have you seen this on TV recently, not just dark or elevation?
2: I don't think so. I, I, I get confused as to what Hamlet's shown us in the office and what we've
3: watched. Yeah, which is not good, I guess. You
2: know, we have got thunderstorm now, as you mentioned. Potentially going to reports today. We're one step closer to getting the former women's tag team
3: champions from WWE and AEW. But we've talked a lot about that. Yeah, because um, they've updated the bios on somewhere or other. let say professional wrestler. Look, did Deba Martinez do this thing? And maybe I all along like we have
2: watched them. Now we're saying that. Yeah,
3: check. all along. It's been... Because they're having a match of Death Before Dishonor, aren't they? Yes. So they're going to do their thing. It's been quite good. And I hope this is what they're doing because it would mean they're not going to be a tag team. They have been doing Can They Coexist stuff, which is not great, let's be perfectly honest, on Dark and maybe once on TV, um, where they have kind of a race of who's going to torture their rookie opponent the most viciously, and the most efficiently, and then they do stereo submissions in the ring where it's like, no, I'm going to kill her quicker than you. No, no, well, I'm actually going to kill her quicker than you. And I think the idea is rubbish, but all, it's a good version of a rubbish and completely illogical idea. There are no tag team titles. Hopefully they never will. I don't want to say never will because the women deserve as much of an opportunity, but not yet, not yet, not yet. Um, It's just too soon, and it's too crowded, and ROH would have to be a separate thing for me before I get an actual other AEW title introduced. But the idea is there are no AEW titles yet. Doesn't matter if they're coming next week, it doesn't really make a difference because they didn't know this. And they're just wrestling tag team matches for no reason other than to kind of prove who's the better technical wrestler. They could be doing this in respective squash matches, but they could do this like they could have consecutive matches on television where it's like Beat the clock without beating the clock, mm. where it's like, oh, he is deep. And actually, that's strange because she's not the champion, but she's put away her opponent much quicker than Mar- Martinez did. Does that mean she's got more of a shot of winning a death before dishonor? It's still a bit beat the clocky, but it's better than no titles, y. <laughs> Can they coexist, y? Well, but basically, pick your bad WWE poison
0: <laughs> and the fact yeah. that
3: they're wrestling tag team matches when there's. No actual discernible purpose. The best thing about AEW, right, with the ranking system, is that there's an actual purpose behind it. literally every match. Sometimes you watch WWE TV, and you're thinking, why is this match happening? I've either seen it, I've seen it, and there's a conclusive result last week, so it, it makes no sense to exist, because realistically, you have a fixture, you have a match. The most basic core principle is that you have a match, if you win that match, right, okay, you get an opponent in the same like um, ability range or experience level, if you beat them, you'll prove that the first one was no fluke. You'll be awarded with another match against a more skilled opponent and mm-hmm. um, with the idea being, oh, we really might have something with you, this wrestler is a potential title contender because it's all about making title matches in the KFA world, right? Um, and if you keep doing that, right, you get a title shot. You've had so many wins. You're highly ranked, okay? You get a title shot. It's the most basic component of AEW's booking, And the idea is that the existence of the rankings... And the purpose they ultimately serve, which is the main purpose of all of wrestling, is that every single fixture slash match in AEW has an inherent reason to exist and stakes because they mean something. This doesn't. No. It's WWE nonsense. I hate it. Get to the bit where you're like, "I'm better than kicking your kicking ass is more than you." No, I am. Have a fight. Yeah. Have a brawl. Set up the actual match that has a reason to exist. This one doesn't. And it's going to go two minutes and it's just an excuse to not do a long women's match on television because they're lazy and they don't care enough to do it. Yeah,
2: and I think it speaks volumes that I checked there. And yeah, we watched them two weeks ago do this on Rampage. So yeah. it is what it is. Like you say, it's going to be right, exactly Name every
3: Jade Cargill opponent. or yeah. man, you couldn't. It's just, it's their cheat code to getting a woman on television for the sake of optics because you have to be seen to be doing it. Mm. That's so much worse than actually just
2: doing it. But obviously, they're just going to beat some jobbers here, basically, like you say, on the road to death before this. dishonor. I've got to disagree with something you said there, because sometimes, Sid, you just want a good old-fashioned battle royal. And you get it sometimes on SmackDown. What's it? the reason for it? it? You could use it to, to set up that final spot in Money in the Bank. Nah. Still nah. 20 minutes on telly. We ain't got Roman. Uh, anyway, let's talk about Orange Cassidy, because I know this is something very close to your heart, and you alluded to it earlier. He's facing Tony Neese and his tiny niece uh, on telly tonight. What's the future of Orange Cassidy? Because it feels like they haven't dropped the ball, but they've certainly fumbled it a little bit off the back of that phenomenal match he had with Ospreay. And now they're doing this bollocks with Smart Mark Sterling and some bloody campaign to get Swerve off telly and, and out of AW, whatever it may stupid. be.
3: Absolutely stupid. Um, look, the match with Osprey and Forbidden Door was absolutely great. Um, it's included in my 10 best ras- wrestling matches of the year list, which you can read now um, at whatculture.com slash... WWE, he then had the follow-up with Ethan Page, and the idea is he was rewarded, in my head canon and indeed kayfabe, he was rewarded with such an absolutely impressive like, nearly there showing against a guy who is one of the best wrestlers in the world and a former IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, that right, give him a match on TV because he might um, be able to contend for a title which is what the whole thing is all about right, he beats Ethan Page in a really cool, fun, very loud enthusiastically received match then he's in the battle Royale, the rampage, Roy- uh, the rampage royal, or the royal rampage, like thirty seconds, forty five. Mm. Just it was. A, I would not have put him in it at all, frankly. Um, and now he's having a match because he is up. He just wants to banter off Smart Mark Sterling, and it's a bit mischievous of him. This could simply just be a fixture, a, a fixture, a, a match that exists for the sole purpose of right move on to something with Cassidy, if he can show consistency, he deserves a title shot. That's the reason why this should exist. Yes. That's some wacky nonsense with Smart Mark Sterling because the reason is that if you do so many contrived grudge matches on a one-week basis, right, the more you do it, the more wacky and contrived it feels like a fictional like universe. The more you stray from the core of this is a fixture, it's happening because it's a sport, the more you just break the smell of, spell of immersion Yeah. In, um, a, a, sense that this world actually exists for a reason other than conflict 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 fake 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 look ultimately i hate the reason the match exists i hate the criticism that AEW doesn't tell stories because i've long held the position of they try too hard to tell stories in this promotion and it just feels like contrived fiction as a result and ultimately the match will be good but i feel like it's too it's not too far away removed from Osprey Cassidy, where you've got Osprey leveling leveling up against an absolutely incredible athlete, the premier athlete in the case of Tony Neese. Nice. It's going to just feel like a diminished return. Mm. Do you
2: think Dan Housen gets involved? I hope. Yeah, probably. I hope not. Uh, th- for me. It's a, it's a
3: bridge to that food, which I was sick of, actually. So why would I want a bridge to it?
2: Well, yeah, I, I, for Burn me. That bridge, not to yeah, Not to dismiss it and to say, oh, well, if it's on dark, it doesn't really matter. But I don't watch dark. I don't watch dark elevation. I watch,
3: like, has been told are the best. Yes, food. that's fair.
2: But just yeah, have if you're gonna do this, Orange Cassidy obviously wins, um, and and shouldn't shouldn't really need the interference. But if you want to do it, have Danhausen curse Mark Sterling or whatever, and uh, and then have the Mark Sterling because I know they've already had the match on telly. The Mark Sterling, Tony Neese, Danhausen stuff. Don't involve the hook in it anymore. No, thank you. That can piss off the dark, and you just do that. Like you say, give Orange Cassidy some wins, and why not? I, I don't know what you think about this. It just popped into my head in terms of you can actually book months in advance with AEW because it's logical. Why not just have, yeah, Orange Cassidy rack up some wins? And I was like, what can he fight for? And again, unfortunately, I've booked him in my head and then gone, well, he can't win the title, but maybe he could, I don't know. But like, especially because of the ridiculous concept of it all, if anyone can sell it, it's Orange Cassidy. Orange Cassidy wins, 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 wins. And he's just run back pack versus Orange Cassidy all out. Yeah, And then you go, someone goes... Wait a second, the all Atlantic title, you know, why are all these other people competing for it? Blah, 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 blah. And he just, Orange Cassidy just shrugs and he's like, Yeah, I yeah. want to face Pac and Pac. I mean, it's a rematch, I know, but if it's a great match the first time, I'm fine with you doing it again. So much to
3: play with as well.
2: Yeah. So many. And I spots. don't, and it's, no more fucking House of Black Death Triangle nonsense. Move yeah, on to yeah, like yeah. Malachi and Amira uh, are obviously going to do stuff. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's what I think that's what I'd like to see in the future because I was like, TNT title, ugh, you don't want to mess around with Wardlow early on with that nonsense in terms of... You don't want to get
3: another baby face who might exactly. be as popular to sort of, like, add to the idea that Wardlow's not quite as hot as he was. You don't want to disturb that no, at all, that balance. I do like the idea of just making it a comedy
2: match but it would ruin everything with Wardlow. Yeah, like, yeah. he picks him up for the, the Powerbomb Symphony and then they do the bloody too cool spot and they put sunglasses on Wardlow yeah. and puts him down. He's like, oh, I don't know about this, but uh, no, God, don't do that. That's just me being the usual WWE booker that I am. But, yeah, Pac, Pac versus Orange Cassidy. I think that's the direction I'd like to see. Or, uh, t- he needs a title shot again, doesn't he, for yeah, absolutely. something. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, I just I, I was a bit like you in terms of, like, cool, what's next for Orange Cassidy after he had arguably one of the best matches at Forbidden Door? I thought it was the best. Yeah, and they just have gone, eh, don't need to do silly stuff all the time with Orange Cassidy because nope. he's a really good wrestler. As exemplified it for indoor, So, yeah, straightforward a bit win against our, uh, Tony Nice. hopefully.
3: It will be straightforward. It'll be full of Danhausen nonsense. Danhausen cursed hook? Yeah. I mean, that's what he did. It worked in the end, just not in the way you thought. Yeah, I know.
2: <laughs> well, anyway, let us know your thoughts ahead of AEW Rampage tonight on Twitter. At WhatCultureWWE. Watch well, you can follow both of us. Uh, you can follow Michael Sidgwick and his excellent AEW takes at... M. Sidgwick. So good. The takes are so good. They're so great. I'm, I'm so proud of it. I wrote a book about it
0: You can get it.
3: Yeah, but I wrote a book, right? It's uh, it's called Becoming All Elite, The Rise of AEW. It's the thing I'm most proud of. Um, It's really good, and you can buy it. At Amazon, mm, exactly. Go and check that
2: out. You can follow me on Twitter at Adam
3: Wilborn. Follow us all at What
2: Culture WWE. Me and Sidge will be back, of course, on Monday to review this show. Uh, SmackDown preview is available right now with me and Hamflet And later on today, we'll be back with Wrestle Culture, complete with a bloody good quiz. So subscribe to What Culture Wrestling for that as well. But for now, this has been the Rampage Preview. My thanks to Sid. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon.